Hi, hello, and welcome to episode one of my podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Richnow, and I am an alcoholic. As of today, when I'm recording this, it is November 12th, 2023, and I am 362 days sober today, which means that in three days on November 15th, 2023, I will be celebrating one year of sobriety. Insert cheer, go me. In honor of celebrating one year of sobriety, I thought that I would record a whole podcast season of what I went through a year ago when I went to Palm Springs and went to rehab. Let's jump right into the story. So last year on November 14th, I'm not going to go in and rehash all of that right now because I, one, don't quite remember all of it, and two, this is not the basis of this story. So we're going to start with November 15th of last year, which is when I got on a plane at 6 a.m. and flew halfway across the country to California to a rehab facility that I had never heard of. I do think it's important that I give a little backstory I was drinking a 12-pack of Truly Margaritas daily for five-plus months. My mom passed away in May of 2022 on Mother's Day, and I went to rehab in November of 2022. So that entire time, I was drinking at least a 12-pack, if not more, of Truly Margaritas every single day. I knew I needed help. I needed to drink enough to finally be able to reach out and get the help that I needed. I went ahead and did that to myself on November 14th, drank myself into oblivion, reached out for help, called a rehab facility at 6 p.m. on Monday night, and at Tuesday at 6 a.m., I was wheels up in the air on my way to Dallas. I had a layover in Dallas and then ultimately would end up in Palm Springs at a rehab center in California. In my drunken state, I thought that Palm Springs was located in Florida and expressed to my husband, oh, I can't wait to go to Florida. And he was like, you're not going to Florida. You're going to California. And I was like, okay, well, that was news to me at that time. So 6 a.m., I'm on a plane to Dallas And I'm like, what is going on? I'm starting to sober up a little bit. I get to the Dallas airport. I am walking around for a while. I pass many a bar, many a bar in the Dallas airport. And I'm like, okay, should I stop? Should I stop here and should I drink? No, yeah, no, yeah, back and forth. I'm talking to my husband on the phone. Ultimately, I'm like, no, I shouldn't drink. So I go and I sit and I wait at my terminal. There's nobody there at the terminal. There's nobody there at all. So I finally go up and I ask somebody, I'm like, hello, is there nobody here? And they're like, no, that plane actually moved all the way across the Dallas airport. So I had to hoof it. Finally, I get to the terminal right as everybody is starting to board. We take off. It's three hours from Dallas to Palm Springs. Reality starts to hit. I am going to rehab right now. I am in between either crying or sleeping the entire way from Dallas to Palm Springs. And then I finally land in Palm Springs. The lady that I had been in contact with sends me a text and she's like, I noticed that you've landed. There's going to be a guy in scrubs that's going to meet you, blah, 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 look for him. And I'm like, okay, I'm terrified. I'm so hungover. I'm withdrawing so hard from alcohol because I literally drank the entire night before up until like midnight. 
Well, so I go to the baggage claim. I get my bags and I'm looking for this man. I finally found him and he's like, oh, Katie. And I was like, no, I'm Kelsey. And he was like, okay, well, are you going to like so-and-so? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, like wrong name, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, sketchy for one. For two, I hadn't looked up anything about this place at all. Am I going to go here and they're going to sell my organs? I don't know, but I guess we'll see what happens, whatever. So I go with this guy and he's talking to me. He's like, how was the flight? It was fine, blah, 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 whatever. And he takes my bag. Before we get in, I don't know if I should sit in the front or if I should sit in the back, which is going to be more awkward. I don't know. So I sat in the front. And he's trying to like small talk with me. I'm not good at small talk at all. There were these bumps in the road where the yellow lines are, you know, there was also bumps in my withdrawing of out of alcohol state. I was like, what are these bumps for? Why are there all the bumps in the road? And he was like, what? I just was curious about the bumps. And then he made me feel really stupid about asking about the bumps. And he was like, do you not have bumps like that in Kansas? And I was like, well, no shit, we don't have bumps like that in Kansas. If we had bumps like that in Kansas, why would I be asking you why these bumps are here? Anyways, we finally get to the facility. We pull up at this like old rundown fucking Motel 6 is what it looks like. And these like gates open and he pulls in and I was like, what did I get myself into? what is going on he parks we both get out and he gets my luggage out and he's like okay you want to follow me this way oh no I think I'll lead the way just because I was a smart ass and he looked at me and I looked at him and he looked at me you know we just look back and forth and then yeah I'll follow you turns around takes my luggage and walks me through we go up this ramp thing it's literally an old motel like there's rooms on the bottom. There's rooms up top. There's also a swimming pool. Okay, that's cool. There's palm trees everywhere. I didn't actually expect there to be palm trees. I don't know. It was cool. We walk by. All these people are sitting out in this patio area with furniture. And I kind of look at them, but not really because freaks. I'm not like these people. They're staring at me. I hate it. Whatever. I go into the nurse's station and he puts all my stuff in there. And then he's like, follow me through here. We'll go to this lady and she's going to do your intake information. So I'm like, okay. I go through and I sit down. And still this whole time in my head, I'm like, what? How the fuck did I get here? What, what am I doing here? She starts taking all my information. She's asking me all these questions. When's the last time you drank? When's the last time you smoked? I don't even remember all of the questions that she asked me. But eventually I had to take a drug test. So I went pee in a cup. I think she took my blood too. Probably. She just did all the things. It took like two fucking hours. I simultaneously am like, what am I doing here? Why? I actually wasn't that serious. I actually wasn't that much of an alcoholic. I was just kidding. Like, let me go back now. While I'm thinking this, she's asking me questions. And I was like, so how long do people typically stay here? How long do people normally do this thing? Because when I was on the phone with the lady, she was like, pack for 10 days. I packed for 10 days. I'm probably going to stay for 10 days. Tell me why when I asked the lady, how long do people typically stay here? She said 30 to 45 days. Excuse me? Run that back. Say that again. How long? She said 30 to 45 days. I said, so what would happen if I wanted to leave after 10? 
she said, technically, we can't keep you here, but that would be leaving against medical advice or AMA, and you wouldn't be allowed to come back here. I'm not planning on ever having to come back here. I think I'll stay for 10 days, then I'm going to get my shit and I'm going to leave. I'm planning all of that in my head again while she's still continuing to do intake. Mind you, I also smoked cigarettes at this time, and I left at 3 a.m., and it's like 1 p.m. now. I've not had a cigarette this whole time, nor have I been able to drink, so I'm withdrawing from alcohol, not had a cigarette, and also had not taken my antidepressant. All three of those things, and I'm literally sitting here in rehab like, anyways, I do all of this intake, and then can I please go smoke a fucking cigarette? All I want is a cigarette. Yeah, sure. So I go out to the little smoking area, and thank God there was a smoking area. Almost asked the nurse before we left the airport if I could smoke a cigarette, but I was so scared about finding this man that I was supposed to be finding that I forgot to ask if I could smoke. Anyways, shit was going to hit the fan if I wasn't able to smoke a cigarette, but I was. There was a whole smoking area, smash cut to the end of rehab. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Smoking in rehab definitely was a go. Definitely was a green flag. I don't smoke anymore. Disclaimer. So I sit down in this smoking area. I also had crippling social anxiety, especially when I wasn't drinking. But I needed a cigarette so damn bad, it didn't matter. I lit up my cigarette and just sat there. And I just wanted to smoke my cigarette and have nobody talk to me or have anything to do with me. But of course that wasn't going to happen because everybody got done with group and they all came out and sat in the smoking area. They're like, what's your name? My name is Kelsey. One dude looks at me and he said, what's your DOC? I said, my doctor? Why do you care who my doctor is? Thanks for asking. He was like, no, your drug of choice. Oh, alcohol. It was a chorus of me too. Yeah, I am also here for alcohol. Damn, that's crazy because in my head, I'm not like these people. I don't do meth and cocaine and heroin. You know, I don't do all of that. I just like to enjoy a little 12 drinks every night or whatever. But everybody in that round of patients at rehab were all there for alcohol. I obviously couldn't remember everybody's names. I was like, hi, my name's Kelsey. He said, oh, that'll be easy to remember. My daughter's name is Kelsey. Oh, that's cool. What's your name? He said, my name's John. I said, oh, that's crazy. That'll be easy to remember. My daughter's name is John. He looked at me and I looked at him. That was a lot of how I got to know people in rehab. I used my sarcasm and people seemed to like it. Smash cut to later in rehab, John and I could have went around throwing hands because I could not stand that man. But that's a story for a later episode. So I meet all these people and I'm like, these people are nice to talk to, but I'm only going to see him for 10 days, whatever. Another guy that was there, I ended up becoming pretty good friends. He had been there for a week at that point, and he was like, yeah, I think I am going to go ahead and stay the full 30 days. And I was like, what a fucking idiot. He's stupid. Why would you stay the full 30 days? That's crazy. I get done smoking my cigarette. Everybody else went to group, so I went to sit in my room. When you first get to this rehab facility for the first seven days, you're in detox. The rooms are all set up the same. You have a living room that has like a couch and a table. 
then there's three bedrooms. Each bedroom has their own bathroom. And in detox, each bedroom has their own TV. I was able to go lay in bed and watch TV. Well, for the first like four hours, the lady that did my intake forgot to take my watch and my phone. So you couldn't have any access to technology at this place, but she forgot to take it at first. I hid my phone under my pillow. I was texting with my husband and I was like, this is a terrible idea. I'm nothing like these people. I can't believe I came and did this. And he's like, no, honey, I think you made the right choice and blah, blah, blah. Eventually, the lady who did my intake came back. Hey, I noticed that you have your watch. Do you have any other technology? Yeah, I have my phone. I had already hid my phone, though, back behind the pillows because I was like, if she forgets, I'm keeping this shit all night. You know, like I'm keeping this until they remember that they didn't take it from me. In front of her, I have to like dig through the pillows to get my freaking phone out so she can see that I hid it. She took my phone and then I just sat in my room and just cried. There was nothing entertaining enough for me to watch on TV that was going to get my mind off of all of the things that were going on. I just went out and continued to smoke cigarettes and people were so nice. I think that was the thing that shocked me the most was how nice everybody was. They were so friendly from the moment I went out to smoke a cigarette in that smoking area. They literally made me feel so included. That felt really good, especially because when I was drinking so much at home, I was drinking alone, so I was isolating myself. So being around a bunch of people that like made me feel like they wanted me to be there, I don't know, it was weird because they were a bunch of strangers at the time. That night, I found out kind of how everything works. You go to group. There's like four different sessions of group every day. There's two in the morning, and then you break for lunch, and then there's two in the afternoon. On different days of the week, there's outings that people go on. Once you're there for seven days, you get to go on the outings and you get to go to the gym and certain room numbers. Once a week, you're able to go to the store and like get whatever you want. But when you do your intake, they literally take all of your belongings. They take your phone. They took my Apple Watch, which they did end up giving back to me because if my phone is off, then it's not connected to people and Ronald had his Apple watch and they didn't take his and I was like bro so anyways they let me have my watch they take everything from you including your money which they hold on to it when you go on outings they take your money and Pat he was a hard driver and he'd take us to the grocery store and I'd always be like all right grandpa we need our money now if you could bring it over to us so we can pay it was so funny because it was like we were kids and I was there with this woman in her 50s but it felt like we were literal children lots of those stories to come in further episodes figured out kind of how everything works and at 7 p.m is when everybody takes their medicine and everybody in rehab takes their med time very seriously because everybody is offered hydroxyzine and trazodone hydroxyzine for anxiety and trazodone for sleep and pretty much you're crazy if you don't take advantage of at least taking trazodone for sleep because sleeping in a different environment is hard if they're offering you a sleeping pill why wouldn't you take it everybody takes their meds at 7 p.m and then you hang out and most people go to bed by 9 or 10 so that's kind of what I did I hung out with everybody. I got to know people pretty well because there's literally nothing else to do. 
other than sit out in the smoking area and chain smoke cigarettes. That's what I did. Pretty much when I wasn't in group, I was chain smoking cigarettes in the smoking area with my friends. Everybody took their meds and went to bed. So I went to bed and then I am woken up to this big, burly freaking man standing over me. And he's like, Kelsey, Kelsey, oh, I just need to take your vitals. And I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Turns out this night nurse, he was a hoot. But gosh, he drove me nuts. And to have that be the man that has to wake me up in the middle of the night to do my fucking vitals every two hours... That's freaking scary. I talked the next morning with everybody. They were like, yeah, he did that to us too. Lots more stories to come this season. That pretty much wraps up my first day in rehab. Thank you guys so much for listening. I plan on going over every single day of me being in rehab. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked what you heard on this episode, please make sure you give me a follow on Instagram at kwitchno or on TikTok at kwitchno or on Twitter or X or whatever it's called at kwitchno. All of the socials are kwitchno so make sure that you follow me. Thank you for listening.